Hello and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast, episode one. I'm Harry McBain and I'm joined by the wonderful Daniel Fears. How are you doing, Dan? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Now we've got a great, we've got a great episode for you today. So we're going to be covering the new Premier League five subs rule, transfer rumours from across the UK, and of course the Burton Albion's uh, Nigel Clough leaving situation. So we're going to be kicking off with the five sub rule. So Dan, what have you got? What have you got to tell us? So before in the English um, game, you could do three substitutes. Whereas now they've upgraded it to five substitutes. And then you can also have three more people on the bench. So previously it would have been six on the bench and now it's nine on the bench. So do you feel like this was the right thing to do? Personally, I, I think, you know, it's a good move for the Premier League officials, for all the teams. It's a, it's a clever rule considering the circumstances that, you know, all the clubs find themselves in. We all know that, you know, players are going to be unfit. Some players are going to be, you know, keeping fit, doing, you know, runs every day. I know that Nottingham Forest, they've been making sure they do like 5K or not 5K, a lot more than that every day to keep fit. But, you know, there'll be some players that just been, you know, eating, watching Netflix. So they will be unfit. So to be able to give the Premier League teams this chance to put more players out so that their team will last the 90 minutes, I think is a very smart move uh, from some research I did. So, of course, we've got the five subs, um, but the teams will only have three chances throughout the match to make changes to, in order to minimise disruption. And I think they should bring this window, these certain, these only three windows, and move them on to next season. Of course, not the five subs, get it back to three because the players should be fit by then, but to get, get this three opportunities because we all know, you know, some teams will sub someone on at the 90th minute to get that player to walk all around the pitch, you know, get a, do a bit of clapping to the fans and it will waste time. And I think this, this would, um, you know, get rid of that time wasting. I think also when we're looking at the Premier League's project restart, of course, at the very beginning of everyone talking about it, we were all talking about you know, possible neutral venues for the teams to be played at. Um, now, that's kind of gone out the window a bit for some, some of the recent ideas that we're going to be playing at you know, the home, at the actual stadiums for the clubs. Now, I think you know, this, this is kind of a good thing for the players because... They'll, they know the pitch is better, but what do you think about the neutral venues? Do you think they should they should play at their own stadiums or go somewhere else? I think they should be going somewhere else because otherwise it's going to be a bit like, you know, when England were playing them countries that were being banned from going to their stadiums because of the racist abuse. They still turned mm. up. They were just made their um, way by standing on a hill and looking over. And that's what's um, going to happen again. They're just going to look. You can't say to Liverpool fans that you're not going to watch your team lift the title. They're still going to do it. Well, of course, the the Premier League released the the fixture list for the teams for the rest of the matches. We've seen that there's going to be one or two games at least every day for you know from the 17th of June 
definitely till like the 20th of July or something like that. So players are going to be tired. The five subs are going to be needed. Now, how to end the season being the question, of course, West Ham, Karen Brady wanted it null and void. Um, that was probably just to keep their fans from, you know, chucking seats around at each other. But other teams, you know, such as Liverpool, as you said, winning the, winning the league at Anfield is, is vital for them because, you know, they haven't done it in ages, 30 years. And it's, it's going to be different because we, I saw yesterday that Sky Sports have done a deal with, I think it's um, EA to take the, the crowd noises from FIFA so they could, all the clubs can use them or Sky can use them to overlay when there's, no, when there's no crowd because, you know, obviously only 300 people allowed into the stadium. We've seen when the Bundesliga was on, it felt weird because you could hear everything everyone was saying, of course. Um, and they did an interview with one of the players, the German players, who said it's hard because you're not just concentrating on football, you're concentrating on what you can say because you don't want to be caught swearing in you know, on live TV because you don't know who's watching. So I think that this is, you know, it's going to be difficult for the Premier League to get it all right, but there's going to be mistakes and whatever happens, no one's going to be happy how it ends. So it's a bit of a bit of a tough one for, you know, the officials to sort out. Absolutely will benefit and there'll be clubs that bank from this and the mid-table sides will don't really care if the season carries or gets voided. And then you'll get teams like Leeds and West Brom who want to make sure the season finishes because they want to get promoted, well, etc. Of course, you just mentioned there about uh, EFL clubs. And we're going to look at another EFL club now in terms of League One team, Burton Albion. So you might have seen in the news recently that the manager or ex-manager now, Nigel Clough, stepped down as manager of Burton and will be replaced by the, the club captain, Jake Buxton, and he's going to take up the role of player manager. Now, this is believed to be all to do with finance at the club and, you know, keeping Burton afloat. But what do you think of the situation, Dan? Um, I think that it's a really good move from them. I'm surprised more clubs have not followed in their footsteps of because um, they've made a player their manager. So they're saving so much money with this. And if they get this money back, they can literally go and get a new manager at the end of the season when they're actually working. So there's a bit of history for people listening. So Clough, this was his second spell at Burton. He came back in 2015 and took the club up to the championship for the first time in their history. We all know that that didn't go ever so well. They uh, they got relegated, of course. But he'd previously, you know, led the club back into the Football League for leaving in 2009 to go and manage Derby County. God, poor him, of course, you know, uh, as a Forest fan's perspective. But this is what the, the Burton chairman had to say in a club statement. Unfortunately, the coronavirus pandemic is having a dramatic impact on all football clubs meaning we have to make difficult financial decisions going forward in order to safeguard the club and ensure it still exists for the supporters and the benefit of the community for generations to come. Now, that is very directly there saying this is financial. There, we, we obviously, you know, they still have a lot of, they have, they have a good relationship with Brian, uh, with Nigel Clough, sorry. And um, do you think that it was Clough going to the board and saying, you know, I know that we're not financially secured. I can step down. And it will save the club because, you know, he obviously cares a lot about Burton. Or do you think it was the other way around, the, the board going to Clough and saying, you know, do you want to take a pay cut or what do, what do you want to do? I think it was a bit of both. I think that the club have hinted to um, Brian Clough and 
he's then taken the option because he loves Burton to step down. And he's he's a massive Burton fan, you can tell that because he's been there twice now and he also played for them. Oh, we also know that it's not just Nigel Clough leaving, so so he's going. The assistant manager Gary Crosby is going. And the chief scout at Burton, who happens to be his brother, Simon Clough, has also decided, you know, that they're, they're going to go. Whether that's they're the people on the highest wages, but we also know that these guys have stuck together from wherever Nigel Clough has got a job. So do you think it's more of the fact that they're higher wages or that, you know, they want to stick with Nigel? I think it's a bit of both. I think they are probably on the higher wages, but I also think that them two do want to stick together because they've been everywhere together. But also just look at Burton Albion in the table in League One. They're, they're, they're sitting in 12th, not, not bad, just, you know, just below the mid-table mark. 48 points, so they're only 11 off the playoffs, but they've only won one game in their last five. So whether, you know, taking that bad form as well as part of the decision, do you think that, do you think that was ever part of the reason for his departure? I think it was a big part of it. I don't think if they had won their last five games, I don't think they would have asked him, well hinted to him to resign. And they're only 11 points off playoffs. So they should, they could technically get into it if the game's uh, continued. Now we're going to get to this part of the podcast, which you'll see in many episodes, and it's going to be our transfer talk section. So Dan, what stories have you got for us? I have got... Um, my first story is uh, Timo Werner. He was first off linked with Liverpool and now he's been linked with Chelsea, um, which now Chelsea are supposedly favourites to get in him. And he's got a release clause of a reported 50 million. What do you think to sign him? Well, we all know that Timo Werner is a brilliant, a brilliant striker. We've all seen him for RB Leipzig over the few seasons where they've you know, risen the ranks in the Bundesliga. He's become one of the first names in the German national team like selection. So it's not a surprise that he's being linked with such big clubs. I think he'll do well if he does go to Chelsea. You know, they need they need someone of a high calibre like his. I think when Morata came, he did well, but then it didn't always work out for him. Diego Costa as well. And of course, they've got Tammy Abraham at the club, but he's, of course, lacking a bit of Premier League experience. So I think it's, it's going to be good for them to get in a, a striker of his quality. I personally think it would be a great signing for them because he offers something different. Tammy Abraham's more of a sort of hold-up striker and he's mm. one as a pacey striker that likes to get in behind. And... With reported rumours of Pedro and Willian leaving, he could um, slot into that left wing spot alongside Tammy Abraham and Pedro. I mean, um, Callum hudson Adoy. Now, of course, you were just talking about their, their young front line there. Another young Premier League prospect is Newcastle midfielder Matty Longstaff. We all know his quality. Him and his brother at Newcastle, they've done very well breaking through this season. But the report I've found is linking him with a move to Watford, but not directly through Watford. He, a move to Udinese in the Syria, who are owned by the same people who own Watford. Now, it's believed that he reached a deadlock in his contract conversations with the Magpies over his extension and his current deal is going to expire this summer. 
So what, what do you think of that rumour? Um, if he goes to Watford, it'll be a great step up for him because he's got no one at Newcastle who he can really play with. He's only really got his brother. And um, Jolinton isn't that good a striker. He's, he can't really create as many opportunities as what he would be able to at Watford because they've got players like Delefeu, Troy Deeney, etc. who he can get him to behind. Mm, so this, this statement in the media has come out and said, while it's understood that Matty Longstaff would prefer to stay at St James's Park, the impasse in his talk surrounding his deal meant that he's had to consider options from elsewhere. Now, this option from elsewhere for Udinese is thought to be around 30 grand a week, which, you know, it's massive for them. We know he's not on a high wage in Newcastle. Apparently, before the lockdown came into force in the UK, he flew out for talks. Um, and it's believed that, you know, that that's where he's going. But Watford will be the final destination, whether that's on loan. I would I would presume that would be the deal that would go ahead. But it's not just these clubs that have been interested. Of course, Inter Milan, Olympic Marseille, big names that you know could attract could attract him to their clubs. What do you think is the perfect destination for him? I personally think that Watford would be the perfect destination for him because he's in the strongest league in the world and he's going to be on a high wage there. So. It's a win-win for him, really. Do you? Uh, could you see uh, Matty Longstaff lining up with the likes of Decore in the Watford midfield? You know, getting these through balls to beat Liverpool every season. Yeah, well, Liverpool um, lost to them again this season, so who knows? What else have you got for us, Dan? I've also got about Aubameyang um, signing the contract. Will he stay or will he not? Because um, his Aubameyang's dad has. Um, Put on his Instagram story saying how um, with a picture of Aubameyang signing his previous contract with Arsenal saying you know what you need to do so this tells us that Aubameyang's dad wants him to stay at Arsenal and Aubameyang's dad is really close with Aubameyang so this could be a massive hint for Arsenal fans. Yeah well of course we all know Aubameyang's a quality player. He's one of the key parts in Arsenal's eleven. Him, Lacazette, they're the key drivers for Arsenal. We know Nicola Pepe came in this season. He hasn't had the impact that everyone thought he would. Um, I think many Arsenal fans are worried at the fact that you know he could be leaving. It was released that he'd made a promise to his grandfather when he died that he would go and play for Real Madrid because that was always his grandfather's dream for him. So that's another worry for the fans. At, um, at the Emirates, I do think that Aubameyang will sign an extension, whether that's one or two years, because we all know that Arsenal, they've just brought in Mikel Arteta recently, and many believe this is a form of rebuild at the club. We all, he's, he's not very young anymore, whether Arteta will keep him at the club, go for someone else, we don't know, but I think... Either way, it's a win-win for Aubameyang. Whether he stays in the Premier League or goes goes out to Real Madrid, it will be a it will be good for his career. It would, and also Arsenal um, have got Martinelli coming up through the ranks. So, if he gets that um, Aubameyang to sign a couple of years contract, it, um, who's to say that Martinelli couldn't take on his spot in a few years' time? Mm. Now, we also, we know Martinelli had been linked with many, many moves into the Championship on loan earlier, but it's become a vital, vital part of the Arsenal team going into the Championship. I've found a story about Charlton Athletics forward Lyle Taylor. 
Now, he has recently informed the club that he won't be returning to training due to the COVID situation, which, you know, he's explained his stance and everyone thinks this is him saying, that's my time done at Charlton. He's scored 11 goals in 22 appearances for Charlton as they, you know, trying to fight relegation this season. He's been linked with the likes of West Brom, Rangers, Galatasaray, Bristol City, Swansea, Preston, and I know he's been linked with Nottingham Forest, but as I've seen on many fan pages, a lot of our fans don't want him because, as we all know, he's quite an arrogant an arrogant personality and we've had players like that at the club before and it, it tears apart the squad. What do you, what do you think of these rumours? I think Lyle Taylor, he's always wanted out of Charlton um, ever since they've got up into the Championship. Because in the summer, he, was, he wanted out even though they'd just been promoted to the Championship. But I think he keeps on waiting for the big premiership deal. Well, of course, being linked with West Brom, West Brom, you know, they they pretty much got promotion this season, considered um, on the fact that promotion goes ahead. But he's he's come out and said in the media, you know, I'm 30 years old. I want to move to the next step. I'm he's. We all know he suffered from injuries this season, which has prevented him from you know getting as many goals as the likes of Graben, etc. Um, a little a little forest, you know, bit in there. But he's he wants to get up to this step because he's worried that if he gets another injury, he that will be his career over. What do you think of that? Um I only believe that he should go to a premiership club if he was to leave. But he's such an arrogant striker, I think that Premier League clubs wouldn't want him. A club like West Brom who have got three or four strikers in their rank. And Lyle Taylor is on the same sort of level as them, really. So could could you see, of course, West Brom have got Jay Rodriguez, etc. up front. Do you think if they brought in Lyle Taylor, would you think they'd keep Jay Rodriguez? Or we only know he came this season from Burnley. Do you think he would stay? Or do you think they would, you know, get, get rid of him? They've got another striker. Um, the only striker that I reckon that they would get rid of because um, Hal Robson, Carnu, etc., they're all very different types of strikers to Lyle Taylor. And the only one that they'll get rid of is that Callum Robinson of um, Sheffield United. Mm. Well, this, this statement I found saying, West Bromwich Albion registered an interest in the January transfer window as Billich and, you know, the, I think it's their head scout, Luke Dowling, set about improving their forward options, but ultimately their priorities were elsewhere. And we know that that's Robinson. He came in, he's, he scored a few goals, but I think Lyle Taylor would be a better option for West Brom than, you know, Robinson. I do think if West Brom got promoted, Hal robson Carnu, I think he would leave because I don't think he's a Premier League standard of player. But, you know, it's it's going to be madness. I feel I feel a bit sorry for Charlton in the fact, you know, he just publicly come out and said, you know, I want out of this club. We're not very good. He's always been like that, though. He always tells fans exactly what he's feeling. And he's never been comfortable at Charlton in recent years. He's picked up a load of injuries. Fans like him because he scores goals, but that's all really. They don't like his personality. So I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. It's It's been an honour. It's our first first ever episode. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like the video so you never miss another one. 
And if you're listening on SoundCloud, you know, share it out, tell your friends. Uh, it's goodbye from me, Harry. And goodbye from me. And that was the final whistle. Thank you.